Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, your personal data is valuable. Shouldn't you be able to cash in on it? I believe that giving people back the rights to their data and even more importantly, their intellectual property, right, which is my creativity and my time and paying them fair value for it is an essential ingredient to bringing back virtual Main Street. If you've been listening to our show over the last year, you know that one of the big themes that we've been covering is how much today's economy relies on data and how, as we rely more and more on data, whether it's how companies capture information, catalog it and cash in, and basically every step in their business models, many, many businesses are now collecting vast sums based upon the data they're aggregating. And people are surprised by this. It's become a big privacy issue and an economic issue about who actually owns their data. Well, Imagine BC is a company that's here in our region that's led by our next guest, Eric Rind. And they've developed a pretty interesting idea for how individuals can protect their data and ultimately monetize it themselves, which, let's face it, would be both very important for consumers, but also a pretty revolutionary thing. So I'm intrigued by this. With all the coverage we've been giving these issues, wanted to have Eric in the studio today. So thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, it's been said more than once to me that it used to be that Silicon Valley made technology products, but these days we are the product. <laughs> what, what does that mean to you when you hear people say things like that? Well, I absolutely agree with it. We're the raw material of their factories. And I like to put it in those terms because – we think, imagine, at Imagine BC, we're doing something very similar than what occurred back at the turn of the 20th century. Back then, you had Carnegie and Vanderbilt, the robber barons and their factories, and the people were just essentially indentured servants to those factories. And along came labor unions and organized them. And what was the key there? It was the power of numbers, right? No single individual could take on Vanderbilt or Carnegie, but a 1,000 people, a million people, wow, they can, Right. So here we are now in this century, and how do we take on Zuckerberg and Bryn and Bezos? Well, not individually. That's not going to happen. But it is still we the people, and we can band together. That's what Imagine BC is trying to do. We're trying to make it easy for all of us to take back control of our data and, most importantly, get fair value for it. Now, you're a tech guy, right? I am a tech guy. I'm a tech guy, too. Where do you think that the whole sort of hacker culture went wrong? I mean, you know, you think back to when we were younger. I don't know, when you got your first PC, I was pretty early on. I was yeah, geeking I was, out of the stuff. It was a really positive, idealistic thing. When yeah, did it jump the shark, do you think? Uh, you know, I don't, it's a good question. Uh, you're right. I'm, I'm way back. In fact, you know, I got my first PC in 1982. Two. Me too, man. <laughs> I was using the internet before there was a thing called the internet in college. I was talk, playing chess with a guy in Sweden out of George Washington University, right? And you're right. The culture back then was, wow, this is world-changing stuff. It's public companies. You know, you need the money to fuel the growth. The, 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 the economy went to quarterly returns. I have to have the bottom line. That will kill idealism <laughs> in a heartbeat when you have millions of shareholders say, hey, what's up? So, you know, it, that, that, that gets in the way of innovation. When I think about the hacker culture back in the – or what homebrew culture, you know, not a hacker like stealing information, but the, the right. old genus of the term, which was I want to figure out how to make this solder iron do something cool. It seems to me that, that you're trying to harken back to that. <laughs> yes. 
In fact, I remember when I was when I first got my hand on a computer. You know, it's with great power comes responsibility. Well, when you're 19 years old, you don't realize that. Right. And of course, I wrote a program that just whacked out the whole mainframe system at GW, and I was pulled aside, and a fellow said, Eric responsibility and maturity is when you stop trying to bring the computer down and focus on trying to keep it up. <laughs> and I, I, I've lived by that rule my whole life. And, and really, that's how I look at technology. We have to be doing things that are responsible. And that's not to say that the tech giants have started off thinking that it would get this way. It was just inevit inevitable that I'm taking, I'm providing you a free service. But there is no such thing as free. So what is the cost? The cost is our data. Google's motto is we want to organize the information of the world. That sounds wonderful. But you're going to read all my emails? You didn't tell me that. Right. <laughs> right? right. And now you're trying to finish my sentences? Now that's really scary. So You're absolutely right. I, I haven't had that feature on in my existing Gmail, but I, I just started uh, working over at Merriman University. And we use Gmail there. And it finishes my sentences. And the scary thing is it seems to learn. And I, I'm now seeing my colloquialism. It's it's yes. really jarring. And they think it's a service. You're, you're right. It, it can be very invasive. Tell me a bit about what you're doing in Imagine BC to act out on this frankly, meaningful feeling about trying to take back the, the internet for individuals. <laughs> well, it, it, and in fact, it, the internet is, I think of the internet as a delivery vehicle, and it's an incredible one. And of course, it's gone south from what the original people thought it would do. So where I got started in this is when blockchain technology came along. Here's a whole new technology that at first I didn't understand, and therefore being old, I hated. Didn't understand it. Oh, it must be stupid, right? But did my own research did a lot of reading on it and realized it is truly game-changing technology. Because blockchain, if you think that protocol sitting on top of the internet protocol says, I can now control and own my own data because I have the key to it, but I can still conduct business and peer-to-peer -peer commerce over 25,000 miles. <laughs> now, you know, conference of the globe, still almost instantaneously. Explain that a little bit um for the the layman, you know, blockchain is is uh, as I think about it, it's a way for somebody to participate in sort of a permanent data store of my information or the things I've done that ultimately exists everywhere. It's so true. nobody can steal it, nobody can corrupt it. It's always self-referencing, but ultimately, because it's permanent, I can get at it and I can see what's there. Is that that's correct? And most importantly. You have the key to it. Think of it as your, it's, it's actually more secure than your home. Somebody can break into your home, and if you happen to have your social security number somewhere on a piece of paper in your home, your social security number is gone. But think of blockchain now as your house with all your private data in it, and you have the only key to it, but no can come through a window to get there. Literally, nobody can get into it. Only you can so, with your key. So essentially, blockchain, which a lot of people think about it as the backbone of cryptocurrency, which Correct. relies upon anonymity, what you're saying, in effect, is that blockchain now would allow us to, instead of using it as a way to transact a financial transaction, we can now use it as a way to protect our information and control who has access to it. Correct. Oh, well, I think that's a pretty important thing. <laughs> yeah. So, in fact, imagine BC as a concept would never have existed if it wasn't for blockchain technology. Because although it's still the right idea, hey, get control of your data, monetize it. But without blockchain, we would just have your data in a centralized database, and we would be no better than Equifax or Capital One, a sitting duck. <laughs> uh -huh. right? You put a lot of data into one centralized data store, and you're going to attract a lot of bad company. Right. Right. Don't even bother right now. With the data dispersed through a distributed network like blockchain, 
and we're doing it as a private, sitting underneath, you know, a, a cloud service provided by Microsoft. Good luck trying to get to any one person's data, let alone millions and millions of people's data. So that's what made it a reality. Holy cow, people can really be the only ones to have access to and control their data and make decisions about it. Other than the fact that what you're describing would basically blow up the business model of a lot of really big companies, there's nothing threatening about your business or the status quo. No, and in fact, <laughs> blowing up the big guys is exactly what we want to do, believe it or not. I have this absolute belief that we need to reestablish Main Street. Now, I don't mean 1950s Main Street because that has a lot of bad connotations with it. I'm not meaning, I don't mean white um, male America Main Street, but Main Street is critical to our republic. It's, it's, it's the backbone of it, and it's getting walloped. Every decade it gets worse, and it's almost disappearing because of these tech giants. Walmart took out all these mom-and-pop businesses. I believe that giving people back the rights to their data and even more importantly, their intellectual property, right, which is my creativity and my time and paying them fair value for it is an essential ingredient to bringing back a what we call and imagine we see a virtual Main Street. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who it is because we keep anonymity within it. It's just I can trust you because I have a trust score and a reputation score and then I can do business with you anywhere on this globe because within this community, we know we can trust one another. I I've got a feeling you're pretty sympathetic to the politicians are talking about regulating larger tech companies. <laughs> it's a love-hate relationship. <laughs> I absolutely love that they're making the discourse public. I love the fact that they're creating awareness. I'm a little concerned when they try to put a value to our data. And what really concerns me is they're talking about privacy where we talk about control. The truth of the matter is nobody on the Hill is ever going to get us our data back. So I really... Love your philosophy. You've got this company going. How are you growing it? How are you scaling it here? The biggest way to scale it, though, is through partnerships. So we're working with staffing companies. We're working with you know, labor unions, as I said. We're partnering with labor unions. We're partnering with specific social media people who get what we're trying to do. And they'll be introducing us to their already existing communities to join our larger community. And then that's when we go to work. We put those numbers to work for you, the individual, and find opportunities for you to make money from your information. So, for example, uh, getting it to a point of scale where you can go to a, a merchant and say, we'll provide you with you know, people who will tell you something about their demographics or their, their net worth and so forth for targeted opportunities, provided that you use our platform? Yes. It, it, it's not even provided. Our platform's free. It's free to both sides. It's free to the individual and it's free to the third party. Imagine BC only makes money when we've delivered on our promise, which is we worked for you. So when you've made money, that's when we make money. After you've made money, we make money. It's clear. We never have to sell your data. Our job is to make opportunities for your data. So it's free on both sides. You're right. The individual can put as much information they want about themselves out there. We use the same technologies that Facebook and Google, AI and ML, artificial intelligence, machine learning, except rather than using it to the benefit of ourselves and our shareholders, we like to say we've democratized the use of it. We're putting it to work for you, the members of our community. Well, I love that you shared your story with us today, Eric Ryan. I wish you the best with Imagine BC. It's a really big lift and an important thing. Thanks Thank very you. much. Thanks for having me on. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, and our web writer is B. Aldrich. Music provided by two local bands, the Sunbathers and my own band, Two Car Living Room. A special shout out to Marymount University School of Business and Technology. 
I'm the dean there now, and we are working hard to help our students master business and technology so it doesn't master them. Check us out at marymount.edu. And of course, thanks to Active Navigation, Sarefloor Shaw, and the Greater Washington Board of Trade who provide the financial support to make this show possible. If you have a story idea, don't forget to tweet us at What's Working DC. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for joining us.